freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Wire, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Oh, it's going to be a powerful hour here as we will talk to Joe Fan in a half hour. And then special guests for Blue 88 today, Geno Smith and John Schneider. How about that? What? Yeah, that's how I roll. Booked both, huh? Well, I wouldn't say I booked them necessarily, but uh, stick around till 745 and you'll uh, you'll see how all that goes. Speaking of those two, uh, both of them were on the station yesterday. A great job with both interviews. Bump and Stacy did an awesome job at 1130 with Gino. And then later in the day, it was John Schneider on with Wyman and Bob. How cool is that, man? Over the course of this week to get, you know, standalone interviews with Pete, John and Gino from all three shows on the station. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's like, big time. Yeah. I, I, I got to tell you. Like, I really like this station. I really like how all three shows have their own personality and have their own take on things. And we're all pretty friendly. This isn't a station where everybody tries to kill each other and fight with each other. And you'll hear Stacy on the show. Actually, I meant to ask Stacy to come. I think Stacy's coming on today at nine. I had talked to her about it the other day and then I forgot to tell you guys about it. Yeah, it was a normal. Sorry about I that. I, you know what? I forgot about that. I talked to Stacy. She, to be honest, wants to come on to talk about something that happened with the Vanderpump somethings. Oh, oh yeah. Stacy and I are real deep in that. Yeah. Tom and Ariana. It's a yeah. Big deal. She said that if I listen to her talk about it for two minutes, <laughs> that I'll actually be interested by the end and I'll be shocked. Do you think that's true? I mean, you do like a little bit, but you like Aaron Rodgers. I don't mind like, a little drama. This is some like right, grade so, A drama going on. So let me ask you, how, if we put her on a clock, and say you get this pitch amount clock. of time to convince me. Yeah, a <laughs> pitch, clock, pitch clock, but it's to pitch like the idea to me. <laughs> so I've seen people doing this on TikTok, like How girls long? trying to explain it to their boyfriends or guys. Okay. Trying. So uh, it's uh, How long do you need? I think minute and a half. Okay. Minute. She said two. Minute. You can maybe do a minute. We'll give yeah. her. We'll split the difference. We'll give her a minute and fifteen seconds. Okay. Seventy-five seconds to convince me that this is interesting, and we'll see where that goes. <laughs> and then we'll take a poll because Brock wants us to take more polls at the end of that to see uh, to see whether or not people found it interesting at that point. So, so this is a show that I used to watch. Uh, back in the day, like it's a reality show about some people that work at a restaurant okay. in Beverly Hills. So they're they're all like they wanted to be models and actors and were working at this restaurant. Got it. And a real housewife owns it. And I'm surprised um, that there's drama. That's but so like spot. I stopped watching it a while ago, and now this drama with some of the old school cast members that I remember from when I watched is like pulling me back in. I kind of want to. I kind of want to start watching can you, it again. Can I ask you kind of a personal question more? I sure. See, I see the inter- I see the emails that you send every night. They are long. They are in-depth. Very detailed, You spend a lot of time (laughs) going through a lot of sports podcasts and stuff that I would never even think to look at. You take your dog for long walks and and runs every day. You nap nearly as often as I do. (laughs) And I know you're here longer than I am. How in the world do you have time to know this much about reality television? What, well, when it's what's like, the deal? Well, like I said, I did stop watching this one a while ago, but now I'm probably going to get sucked back in. Um, but reality, trash reality TV is perfect to put on in the background while you're working. You don't have to pay like, that oh, close attention. Oh, you can you can multitask. And then like when that. something big happens, you you know. You I see. I'm not the, capable yeah. of doing that. That would distract me. Also, okay. I don't ever do anything on the weekends like you guys. <laughs> 
I think Stacy and I both catch up on a also, lot of reality uh, TV on the weekend. Kind of a shut in. So uh, anyway, all right. Well, I hope you manage to do something fun tomorrow for your birthday. In any event, uh, here's what I was trying to say is, A, it, it is cool listening to all the different shows here and kind of different takes on all of these, you know, major stories. And we, we do have some very different views on it and kind of come at it from different angles, despite kind of all getting along pretty well, which is cool. And everybody did a great job yesterday. I found myself just shocked at how much better this deal is getting for the Seahawks. The more we are more that is revealed about the contract. I know a lot of the focus yesterday was on all of the incentives and that is good. If Brock were sitting next to me today, he would be going on and on about how much he loves incentives. He likes that. He likes to incentivize people to work harder, and I get where he's coming from. I understand it. I think that's cool as well. And, yeah, Gino is very much betting on himself, as he said a couple of times yesterday. I think that's great. But the bigger part to me is the guarantee, or really lack thereof. Yeah. All the guarantees are in year one. And if they decide they're done by February 1st, see ya. They can just move on. And that 105 suddenly goes down to 30. Yeah. I, or whatever else he makes in, in, in sure, incentives. Uh, incentives this year. 30 plus another, what is it, 12 or so in incentives this year? Okay. I mean, that is a absolute gift. And I appreciate that Gino took it seriously that he wanted the team to be flexible. Yeah, extremely important. You know, I believe in team. You know, I know how important it is for everyone to, you know, have an opportunity and so you know i trust these guys i understand that these guys are you know building a, a championship team and, and that's what we're about here and so uh, you know i really wanted to be a part of that and i'm just happy that uh, we we're able to find common ground that that was balanced and worked for everyone i mean cool i'm glad he feels that way honestly it, it kind of seems like they're taking advantage of that view a little bit right like oh oh you want to help us build the team great you know what we kind of like to do is uh, maybe find a quarterback <laughs> thanks i, I think it- shows and he said this that he really wanted to be here like he didn't really entertain free agency that much and I think that's why maybe we didn't hear him linked to other teams because he kind of said from the beginning that he was he was hoping to make it work here I do think yeah it almost does feel like it's it's so team friendly like did he get the best deal but I he's think that taken when you, care of. When he's you take make 30, a look, 40 million dollars which he's never made before yeah when you take a look at the incentives they put in there mm-hmm. It's almost everything that he did last year, so at least they did make those very obtainable for him. They're just saying, hey, we need you to stay yep. at this level do, do, or stay do Stay at this level and do better, and yeah. you'll make some extra money. And, oh, by the way, we're already working on replacing you. But it also feels like a little bit uh, nice to hear a quarterback rooted in reality. He was like, hey, yeah, I know I'm not 24. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I know that there's a quarterback of the future, and I'll be happy to help. But- oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I mean, kudos to Gino for understanding kind of where he is, understanding that he's capitalizing on what was a tremendous season last year, but also understanding that that's no guarantee that's coming back again next year. He gets paid either way. But if he can repeat it, he's going to make a lot more money. And oh, by the way, if they draft his successor this year or next, they can get out of this deal in either of those two seasons without any penalty. So I, I, it really is fairly brilliantly done on both sides. I agree. Brock was saying yesterday that win-wins are hard to come about, hard to come about, hard to find. I can speak today. I promise. Yes, you get it. Uh, and this does sound like one. Right. And I I don't know that there's going to be any sour grapes if at the end of this, the Seahawks decide to move on after a year or two because they've drafted somebody at number five or whatever. If that happens, it happens. But I I, I think they've handled this about as well as you possibly could. So, you know, as the details come out, I probably should have waited a little while longer before really speaking to this. This deal is incredible. 
It really is. This is this goes from what I thought originally was a C to an A minus to honestly at this point it's basically an A. They got their guy for this year. They're going to be good because of it. And they can do absolutely whatever they want this year in the draft, the next year in the draft. And if they come upon their successor who they think can be a long-term franchise option, great. That's great. They can go do that, and they're going to be off to the races. And if Gino turns out to be everything that he believes he can be, they got him locked up for three years. God, the NFL is amazing like that. What what a what a team friendly league, man. The owners in the NFL have just run roughshod over the players in this stuff. This the idea of a deal like this in baseball would just be laughable. Just absolutely laughable. But in right. in this sport, in this league, this is about as good as it gets for the owners. And if you're a fan of the team, it's good for you as well, right? I mean, this gives the Seahawks all the flexibility they would possibly want. They can do whatever they want. Moving forward, it is it is essentially perfect. And we don't even know the salary cap numbers. I bet when those come out, we're going to think this is even better than it is right now. When you realize just how little this is going to end up affecting them and their ability to go do what they need to do. And this so. is what, for a long time, we when we had these talks about Russ getting extensions, so many people were like, why can't he be more like Tom Brady? Why can't he realize that, he, that you have to put a team around him and... Gino is doing that. Well, Gino maybe didn't have quite the same amount of leverage, leverage. but good on the Seahawks no, for he learning from the Russ thing. more than this, I'm pretty confident. I think he probably could have, but it sure seemed like he didn't want to. And I, you know, I'm I don't, just saying, and that's what the listeners have been, Yeah, no, a lot I, of the fans have been wishing for. I think it's fair. No, I'm never going to criticize a player for maximizing his own value. I get it. You only get one opportunity to earn as much money as you can in this business. And, you know, the league doesn't care about you. They'll move on from you as soon as they can. But... Geesh, the what this does to set up the future for the Seahawks, pretty darn incredible. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. I swear every day this Geno Smith contract gets just a little bit better from the Seahawks perspective. I'm not sure what it's going to look like in a month. Geno's probably going to be paying them to work here, but... Pretty incredible. It's effectively a one-year deal. Mike Carafalo reporting yesterday the full guarantee is only in year one. So if they draft another quarterback or if Geno regresses, they can move on before next season even starts, which is pretty incredible from their perspective. In the meantime, they draw out all of the salary cap implications. And yeah, there's some really nice bonuses in there for Geno. So if he does everything he does last year and more, he can earn some really good money for himself. So it works out well for him. Meanwhile, if they were to draft another quarterback, how would Geno feel about it? Pretty good. I know that if that conversation needed to be had, you know, Coach Carroll and, and John would have that conversation with me. But I know that they know that the type of player I am, the type of teammate I am, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it was Drew Locke, whether it was Russell Wilson or Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers. I'm going to try my best to help that person, that player, be the best that he can be. It doesn't matter if we're competing or not because the best man should win the job. And I believe in myself. So, you know, I'm going to help everybody out. You know, I'm going to help all my teammates be, be great and, you know, including myself. And hopefully they would do the same for me. Certainly appreciate that and you know, attitude from Geno Smith. And we'll see how he feels about it if and when that does go down in just a couple of months here in April. But that's, uh, that's a heck of a way for him to handle his business. And it's going to work out very well, I believe, for the Seahawks. Meantime, Changes yesterday, uh, no big surprises, but the Seahawks did cut ties with both guard Gabe Jackson and linebacker Ben Burkirvin. Burkirvin, of course, has been hurt for the last couple of years. As for Gabe Jackson, good player, turned out to not be a great player, and they can save $6.5 million by letting him go. 
Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, it really was an aggravating night as a Kraken fan. Watching them get down three goals early. They bounced back, called timeout, bounced back, got themselves going, and ended up scoring three straight, eventually tying it on a great play from Sprung and McCann. Schultz out of the corner, spots McCann out of the box. Sprung, here they come. Gord in the zone. Sprung, up a stick, they score! Yeah, that was pretty cool how that worked. Unfortunately, after they scored one more to get up a goal, they immediately gave up a response and then another one with two minutes left in the game and they end up losing 5-4 to Ottawa. Bad loss? Yeah, it's a bad loss. You sure wanted to get one point after you tied it late and then, okay, fine, you play for the second point and see what happens, but you wanted to get one, especially with Vegas and L.A. both winning, so you fall four points now behind both of those two teams. I tell you what, I did feel like they would come back in that game. Honestly, watching the beginning, they made some defensive mistakes and Ottawa capitalized, but I didn't think they were playing that badly. They were keeping the puck in the offensive zone. They were doing their thing, cycling well, and eventually they were able to, you know, come all the way back. Unfortunately, not able to hold on, and it turns out to be a bad loss for the Kraken. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, Mariners take care of business yesterday. That was nice against Team Canada. No, Matt Brash did not play or pitch in the game. Uh, That was expected. But uh, Cal Raleigh led the way, had three hits. Tommy LaStella with a hit in his first at bat of the spring. That's nice to see. And then Cade Marlowe. Some bad news. He was removed with oblique soreness, so it's not expected to be very serious. Uh, not exactly a clean outing for exciting young prospect Prelander Baroa. He gave up a big home run. We haven't seen that yet. And uh, Marco Gonzalez pitched pretty well. We'll talk to Shannon Dreyer about it. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Mariners back in action today against Cincinnati. We talked to Jerry DePoto yesterday. And, I mean, a lot of you know what you would expect from Jerry, but this surprised me a little bit. Asked him about the trade market and whether injuries around the league were starting to make it get going. Not so much no not at all uh you know right now it's still very quiet in that regard most teams are still assessing what they have internally and you know and and like us you know when you go out and watch us play right now you get excited watching the Perlander Barroas and the Bryce Millers and the Emerson Hancocks and, and and what they're doing it's not difficult to squint as a front office and say, okay, if we get to this point and, and these guys get pushed into action, we're confident they can do it. And, you know, and two weeks from now, when you're actually staring at opening day on the horizon and you're in that position, you might feel a little bit differently. Yeah. And I'm going to tell everybody, keep your eyes peeled for the Yankees. They lost Frankie Montas or Freddie Montas rather. Uh, they now have Carlos Rodon, who has an injury to his pitching forearm. You know how I feel about forearms you know what those tend out turn out to be often elbows yeah i'll never forget a conversation do you remember the name brandon donnelly old reliever he was with the angels for a long time he like he and jose guillen hated each other to the point where (laughs) donnelly was sticking around the league after he was toast brendan donnelly just to get an opportunity to throw and fight guillen one more time (laughs) like they i've never seen two people and they were teammates for a while in la that's where it started anyway I remember uh, talking to him in the, when he was with the Red Sox. Like, oh, yeah, he's got a forearm thing. And I was talking to him. I was like, yeah, where's it hurt? And he's like, you're right here. And it was like basically pointing at his elbow. I was like, ah. And then as it turned out, he ended up having Tommy John a couple weeks later. So I've always been a little wary of forearm strain. So, yeah, if the Yankees are out two starting pitchers, could they have interest? And could their fans be demanding a 
veteran starter, yeah, I would think that would happen. So we'll keep our eyes peeled. You had it right the first time. Yes, Frankie. You, yeah, sorry. You had it. You second-guessed yourself. Frankie, Freddie, don't worry about it. Big change from yesterday. Speaking of second-guessing, no charges filed against Sean Kemp for whatever his role was in the shots that were fired at the Tacoma Mall parking lot. No charges against Sean Kemp, who was released. All right, there you go. That's everything you need to know. Uh, what's going on in the other other room uh, there? Just, so I came in. Yeah, I am now. I think you can smell me in Tacoma. Are you slathered? Yes. What it uh, is strong? G brought some cologne for you. It was the one he told me to buy. That was five hundred dollars. Is that the Creed, Savage Creed Aventus oh, the, or oh, something? Okay. Like that. Um, wow. How how strong G, is this? G smell? sprayed him. I was like, there you go. And I swear to God, Justin was blushing. He yeah. turned like bright red. Why? It's just, it's a lot. You better hope you're not allergic or something. You he's could already anticipating like attention from the cologne. Mm, and he just turned bright that red. could be it. You, maybe Betsy will stop by. Maybe yeah. this will be a, a, a trap to lure her <laughs> in her and she can meet her. Yeah. She doesn't Be- work far away. She drives right by. Well, Betsy, feel free to stop by at 830. <laughs> you can meet G and uh, yeah. smell Justin. I know she sometimes listens to the show this it time of the morning. powerful. Betsy, here's your opportunity. Stop by. You can smell <laughs> Justin, meet G, and you might snag an invite to Avery's Oscar party. So oh, it seems true. like a, a Man. Three reasons for Betsy to stop by this morning. Big day for her. This is, this is I'm saying this is a lot. Yeah, I think he gave me about one and a half too many spritzes. I tell you what, I'm going to go to break 30 seconds early because I want to come in and smell you. I'm, I'm that excited <laughs> to see what's going on or at least smell what's going on in the other room. Cologne. G will be back for real at 830. Joe Fan up next. Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on 710. Seattle Sports application. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Yeah, it was true. Uh, It smells strongly now in the other room of G, which is a good smell. Nobody smells better than G. Although, we did learn about one Mariner who's got a pretty nice scent himself. And in fact, he says... It's partly natural. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that with G in an hour from now. Right now, uh, to Las Vegas, we go to talk to our buddy Joe Fan, who you can read at seattlesports.com twice a week or follow him on Twitter at Joe underscore fan with two N's. Joe, try to tear yourself away from the players for a few minutes and uh, talk to us. What's going on, man? Yeah, good morning, man. What a, what a great time to be a sports fan. Opening days right around the corner. The Masters is right around the corner. We're enjoying the players this weekend. College hoops, March Madness in full swing. Uh, it's a beautiful couple of weeks here for sports fans. I love it. I got to tell you, I, watching the players yesterday, and I'll be watching it when I get home again tonight, I, I don't have any interest in playing Sawgrass. None. And and partly because it's $850 right now for, for the public to play. But there's water on every freaking hole. Like, that course looks impossible for an amateur. Yeah, I'd shoot a million for sure. Right? And you'd stand up there on 17, be like, oh, just hit a wedge. And I would... Top it, blade it, yep. whatever. There's no way I'm hitting that green. So I, I'm with you. I, I would do it for the experience, but I certainly wouldn't go in with any expectations Sheesh. of playing well. There's some pretty cool holes, though, and, it, and it's cool for them. 18's a great hole, obviously 17. I mean, there's a bunch of holes at that course that are really fun to watch. So, hey, let's dig into Gino, though. He uh, signs his deal since you and I have spoken last and then met with the media yesterday. And every day we get a little bit more information about this deal. It looks better and better for the Seahawks. What do we make of, of where it's at as of now? Yeah, it feels like a win-win. You know, I certainly, when it was announced, I, I just, I kind of was quick to jump to the gun and, and, and just be excited for Gino. Um, you know, and I think initially you're thinking, gosh, those numbers, I mean, yeah, it's a lot for one year, but, but good for him, man. What a story. And I was kind of thinking more of it that way of, 
wasn't good for the team. And, and so now it really does seem like it's the perfect deal for the Seahawks. It's low commitment. It's low risk. If it's more expensive for them, that means he's playing good football and staying healthy and, and winning games and potentially making another Pro Bowl. And so, you know, when, when the payment is directly correlated to the production, that's all a team would ever want. You know, like if you could, if you could figure out any contract that has all these escalators to where there's kind of no ceiling to it, it's like, well, if you're going to get there, we're reaping the rewards. So that is the ideal situation for the team. And, and you know, for Gino, I, I think it's not as probably as much as he would have hoped for, but it is, okay, go bet on yourself again and go do exactly what you did a year ago, and you're going to get to that $30, $35 million number and be exactly where you want to be and go prove yourself right again. So keeps the chip on his shoulder, um, you know, and it certainly I don't think takes the Seahawks out of any sort of quarterback conversation as it pertains to the draft, given the nature of the commitment that, that really isn't all that significant at this point. Agreed, and we'll dig into that part here in a moment. Why do you think Gino didn't want to go test the market? It's a great question. You know, I mean, he said that he loved it here and wanted to be here. And, you know, I I, I think. I, mean, I, Joe, Joe, I love it here, too. But if somebody wanted to pay me five times my salary, I think I'd have a pretty willing conversation about going somewhere else. Sure. But I don't know if he knew that was going to come. And I think there's something to be said for I like it here. I was successful here. I want to continue to be successful here. And I'm 32. I don't want to go to another, another new franchise. I've been all over the league for the entire decade I've been in the NFL. This is a place where I sort of have finally staked a claim to a job. And um, I know I can find success here. And, yeah, no one's going to pay me 5X. I mean, there's, there's a, sort of a realization probably of what his market would be. And, and even if there was a little bit more in terms of guarantees, um, I think he, again, bet on himself in a place where he liked and is now is able to call home for the first time in his career as a starting quarterback. And I think that means something. How many of these years do you think he will play in Seattle? At least two. Really? Yeah, I, I think at least two. Um, you know, or at least start the second year. I mean, now the conversation changes if they take a quarterback at five, but that doesn't change year one. And I think even if he plays well, he's playing year two. Um, with, you know, albeit maybe a shorter leash, depending on what the team is, is doing and, and all that. But, yeah, I think I would say at least two confidently. You know, I believe G, I believe in Gino. I don't believe last year was an aberration. I think he's going to be able to replicate it and be a productive starting quarterback in the NFL for a couple of years. I mean, he's got a lot of tread left on the tires given how little he played. And I know 32 isn't young, but it's also not, you know, way over the hill either. So, yeah, I think he's, he's right in his prime and it will be okay. Um, you know, I expect it this year and, and at least the next year as well. You mentioned the idea of drafting quarterback at number five. Do you think they should? Do you think they will? Man, uh, I keep every day. I feel like I change my answer Same. on this. You know, I <laughs> so convince so myself that, yeah, John's going to fall in love with somebody and somebody's going to fall and Anthony Richardson's going to be there and they're not going to be able to avoid the temptation. And then it's like, well, who's going to be there? Maybe they're not there anymore. And it's, you know, and, and then who knows? Now, I talked to one of my buddies, a pro football focus draft expert, Trevor Stickman, one of my favorite guys in the industry. And he's like, outside of the quarterbacks, there are only three blue chip prospects. And that's B. John Robinson, who I don't think should be an option for the Seahawks. Um, and then Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. And, you know, depending on Jalen Carter's legal issues, yeah, if he's there or Will Anderson slips down the board because the run on quarterbacks takes place, then, yeah, it's really hard not to go that direction either. So, I'm fascinated, and I think that's what's the fun of it is because I don't feel like I have a firm 
really kind of feeling on where it's going to go. I just, the fact that John Schneider has never gotten to take a quarterback in the top five, the fact that he'll probably never get to again, you know, unless things go really south for the Seahawks in 2023, you know, you're like, okay, this is his shot. And if he falls in love with somebody the way he fell in love with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, I just can't imagine him saying no to that, nor do I think he should. As hard as it would be to, to, to say, hey, sorry, but, you know, we're going the quarterback direction, Jalen Carter, and a lot of fans would be upset. Uh, you know, it's going to be a very – polarizing pick no matter what happens depending on who's on the board do you think they have to take a quarterback somewhere yes i do i you know i just talked to trevor and i wrote on seattlesports.com you know he sees um hen hooker as a a beautiful sort of waiting in the wings prospect and he'd be sort of a late bloomer as well uh sort of like gino and that's not something the seahawks should be afraid of and you know if you can get you know a third round pick for him then you really like what you're doing there but I don't think you have to force it. I don't think you're just taking quarterback just for the sake of taking quarterback. But, um, you know, yeah, any of those top five, I think, have the projection of being a, a franchise guy. And, you know, if you grade him out that way, then, then gosh, I mean, it just to, to say thanks but no thanks would be a really tough decision for, for John Schneider. What but if- it's also, it's a crazy that admittance of your roster is probably not where you want it to be. So, yeah, I mean, it's all very fascinating. This is the most fun draft season that the Seahawks have had. And, uh, what a decade! What if you love Bryce Young, and you think he is going to be the guy? You think he is the next? Like he's in that Mahomes Allen category, and that's the guy that John truly loves and has fallen in love with. Would you trade up to get him? I don't think you can. I think there's too many holes on the roster to give away. Probably, you know, you're giving away five. If it's five and 20 and then another second rounder, I mean, that's a steep price. I, I get it. I mean, if, if that's your guy, hard to say no to that, you know, given what that does to your floor. I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes and what he's capable, you know, but I don't think anyone is like that. But, but what if he thinks he he think about it? What, what if John can. has him in that category and says, you know what? This is Patrick Mahomes. Don't you have to? I mean, you have two first round picks. Don't you have to go do that in order to try to get the next Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to stomach, and it's one heck of a hypothetical. And I sure. don't think Bryce Young is that. But yes, you're not wrong. You'd have to do everything in your power to go get that guy if that's who you truly believe he is. Um, I don't think Seahawks fans have to worry about that. I don't think that's how John Schneider is going to view Bryce Young. But yes, I mean, you have to get your guys. Um, and so I, I am a proponent of, of doing whatever you can or do so. I just, I'm so wary of the rest of the roster that, that I don't think is as close as other people think. And, you know, when you look at that defense, that sort of void of a bunch of foundational pieces that that makes the quarterback at five conversation that much more challenging. So I mean, this is what they get paid the big bucks for. And, you know, it's a, it's a huge draft that they just have to get right. If the next, three to five years are going to go the way they want these next three to five years to go and get back into, you know, we talked in the, the Twitter spaces on, on Tuesday or whatever, what Monday, Tuesday, whatever day it was that, you know, it, um, they got to get this right. And being stuck in the good, not great sort of void is a terrible place to be because you're never picking in the top 10, top five, and you're not good enough to go win a championship. So how do you get yourself out of that sort of, um, kind of abyss and, and stuck in neutral and, and, and get out, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they do. I, I don't I know these, all these answers are not 
firm hot takes because I just don't have them. And I guess that makes the conversations more fun because it does feel truly like a mystery, but it's a mystery with, with massive stakes. They, uh, the, the Seahawks aren't going to spend that much. And I'm guessing in terms of cap space on Gino, this was such a team friendly deal. And they just cut Gabe Jackson, Ben Burkervins. They're six and a half million dollars, and there may be some more coming. If you are Monday is the legal tampering period. Who's your first call on Monday to? That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is it Bobby Wagner? I know they've already talked to him, and that was the fascinating the conversation. There's certainly a need at linebacker now, given that you know you don't have Jordan Brooks at the beginning of, of next year, and then you don't have. Um, you know, Cody Barton's is a free agent. Um, I don't know. You want Bobby I, I don't back? know where they go. We'll say that again. You want Bobby back? Yeah, I think so. I think there's certain things you have to do in terms of hiding him in coverage, but there's, there's elements of his game that I think are still really productive and, 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 you know, really worthwhile to have around. And certainly he showed that in the games against the Seahawks. And I think the price would be right this time around. I think he, you know, he probably has sort of a realistic view of, of where he's at and what his market will be given that, you know, he was one and done in, in Los Angeles, but yeah, I mean, they're going to have to be play sort of the money ball game here and, and find the, the, the pieces that, that come at a value and be able to kind of put together a free agent class that might be under the radar, but, but will be ultimately productive when it comes to, to playing football in 2023. Hmm. Uh, it is just about tournament time here and the NBA is coming up to its playoffs, et cetera. G- give me some, uh, give me some tournament scoop. What should we be getting ready for, for the, uh, for March Madness? Yeah, I like UConn in, in the tournament. Um, they're one of two teams to rank in the top 20, both offensively and defensively in terms of efficiency. Um, I think people also are sort of just forgetting about Houston. I don't think there's enough talk about really how good that team is, and it's sort of the curse of being a mid-major. Um, you know, Gonzaga certainly has dealt with that over the last handful of years, and the fact that they haven't been able to get it done I think probably makes people kind of dismiss Houston of, oh, well, at some point they'll run to a Power 5 school, and, and that'll be it for them. Um, you know, and I'm also really curious to see what happens to Gonzaga because they certainly have the offense to keep up with anybody. Their defense makes me nervous, but I think they're, they can play with sort of a levity and a, and a freedom and a looseness that maybe there wasn't there over the last couple of years where they were a one seed and one of the favorites to win, to win it all and, and really trying to get the monkey off the back. And certainly that, that monkey still exists for Mark Few, but you know, the expectations aren't there. And so you get to play with house money in a way Gonzaga teams have not gotten to uh, over the last five years where they've been to a couple national championships and have failed to get the job done. Um, you know, if we're talking, I think Oral Roberts is probably going to be the, the trendy underdog given just how dominant they were during during the season in their conference tournament. I think they're probably going to, especially if they play some sort of kind of mid-level Big Ten team, they're probably going to be either you know, the, the, the square underdog or maybe even a slight favorite. So I love this time of year. I can't wait to see the bracket on selection Sunday. Um, it's going to be next, next Thursday and Friday are my two favorite sports days mm-hmm. of the entire year, I think, um, with all the games to like, what, 8 all the way till you know, 9 p.m. Pacific. So it's going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait. What do you think about what happened with Tom and Ariana? Yeah, so I've I've uh, I've been filled in a bit, but my, is that the that's the Vanderpump drama? So that told. That you, you be you. I'll give you two guesses as to who told me about this. Um, Mike Lesko. Uh, no, but it probably could have been. It was Stacy. I'll just I'll just come out and say it. It was Stacy Rost. Yeah. It it was that was that, that probably would have been my second guess. Yeah. yeah no, I've I've sort of been filled in a bit by my girlfriend. I'm still sort of confused. 
I just nod and smile and say, wow, every couple of sentences, because uh, I know people are up in arms about, about all the drama. And so we're going to learn uh, about been it. Filled in in bits and pieces, but, but couldn't give you more than the spark. Notes. I told, I'm telling Stacy, she can have a minute and 15 seconds to convince me in the audience that this is interesting. Do you think she'll be able to do that? Oh, no, I don't think if you care, you're going to care after a minute and 15 seconds. She told but me I, I would really, care. I can't wait to, to hear her elevator pitch right. because Stacey's convincing. She puts together great arguments. And so uh, if anyone can do it, it's her, but I, I'm still taking the uh, the other way. I think she's going to be like one of these batters on the pitch clock. It's going to totally throw her off. So we're going to give her yeah. like a countdown clock minute and 15. I think that's going to be too much for her. We'll see what happens. Joe, uh, thank you. As always, have a great weekend. You can read Joe at seattlesports.com a couple times a week and uh, follow him on Twitter at Joe underscore fan with two N's. Thanks, buddy. Talk next week. Have, have a great weekend, Mike. All right, there you go. There's Joe Fan, uh, who is uh, does a great job. Love talking to him. Love his opinions and uh, love reading him. He's a really good writer at seattlesports.com. All right, I promised we would have some special um, guests for Blue 88, yeah. and we do. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Heward breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Sox. <laughs> All right, well, I told you we have Gino and John Schneider to listen to for Blue 88 today. So I'll ask them some questions, and you can hear their answers as they've already given them to Wyman and Bob or at their press conference or at uh, with uh, Bob, Bump and Stacy yesterday. But here you go. I'll start with Gino Smith. Hey, what was the most important thing Russ ever did for you? I remember that night, that Thursday night, and when Russ got hurt. And, and to be honest, he didn't want to come out that game. You know, he, he kept going back in, and I kind of had to tell him, like, hey, man, it's it's kind of my time. You know, I, I got to go out here right now. You know, I kind of felt it in my spirit just the entire year that, you know, something was going to happen. And so when I got that opportunity, I just wanted to go out there and, and play ball. You know, just have, a, have an opportunity to play with these guys and, and be out there competing with my teammates is something that I truly enjoy. But, you know, I had done well in preseasons before. Uh, that gave me confidence. And then obviously, you know, playing a three-game stretch, you know, we were one and two and, and winning is what matters the most. But, I felt good out there, so I knew that, you know, I could improve and get better. Do you think if Russ hadn't gotten hurt and missed those three games, that Gino would have been able to do what he did last year? Wow, great question. Mm. I don't know. A big part of me doubts it. And and when I hear him say that he gained some of that confidence, and I think he gained some of the confidence of the coaches, and I think that was one of the reasons he beat out Drew Locke the next year. Because you know he's coming back. That's right. I mean, if if, if those two guys had gone after the competition last year, if everything had worked out the same, they'd still traded Russ, et cetera, but Gino had never had those three games under his belt. Do you think he definitely beats out Drew Locke? I don't know. I mean, he had a big leg up on him when everything started, right? Remember we kept saying, geez, supposed to be a competition, but Gino's getting almost all the first team snaps, etc. And I think some of that dates back to what he showed them during those three games. And, so, the, and his teammates. Yeah, so he gains confidence. He gains the confidence of the coaching staff. You know, Russ's finger injury, now I know it healed better than it even, you know, he's better now than even before the finger injury. <laughs> he now has a bionic finger. That's why he can throw the ball so far. Um, but I do think that ended up helping Gino a lot more, and it's probably the best thing Russ ever did for him. Well, Carol made some comments. I, I can't remember the exact wording, but I remember it raising an eyebrow for me after where he almost said, like, 
Oh, it's a shame Russ had to come back so early. Uh, right? You remember that? <laughs> because Gino was playing so well. And I'm sure if he was talking publicly like that, he was probably talking privately to Gino. Like, you did really well here. We wanted to see more of yeah. you, and that has to boost your confidence. They should have just kept him season. in there rather than bringing a mostly injured Russell Wilson back. But I think they knew they wanted to trade him at that point, so they had to make sure that he seemed healthy. All right, question number two. <laughs> And now to John Schneider. Hey, uh, have you talked to Bobby Wagner? Are you interested in a reunion? We have been able to now. And so we were able to, Pete and I were able to talk to him the other day. And we had a great, awesome, frank conversation. And yeah, so he knows where we are and we know where he's at. So, and now, you know, we have so much respect for him, uh, you know, personally and professionally. And so we're able to talk through some things. And and, uh, yeah, we know where it's going. Okay. Know where it's going. We've been able to talk frankly and professionally. What, is, what do you make of that? Because I know what I make of it. And that is, yeah, we've talked. We've absolutely talked to Bobby. We've been able to reconcile and, and forgive and forget whatever happened a year ago. But also, when I hear the word Frank, I don't think of Clark. I think of, hey, man, this is what we can pay him. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like this is a money conversation. Absolutely. Like, Not a, look, do you want to be here? We know you do. Are you interested in Bobby Wagner? Yeah. Bobby's a great Seahawk. Am I interested in him at the money he was making? No, I'm not. And it has nothing to do with Bobby. I, I've told you this before. First of all, I thought his splash plays were down while he was here. Yes, they went back up last year. Credit to Bobby for what he did. But we've heard it from KJ. I think we've probably heard it even from Bobby himself. The guys up front are going to affect what he's able to do at linebacker. And the more you pay for Bobby, the less you're going to be able to put the beefcake up front. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not... I don't have a problem with them bringing back Bobby Wagner. I wouldn't make it my first thing I did in free agency. I want to make sure I handle my business up front first on defense because that is more important than what you're doing at middle linebacker. Then you can figure that out, and Bobby's a great option, and there will probably be some other good options available as well. But you got to first figure out what you're doing up front before you start messing around with how you handle Bobby Wagner, and I'm guessing that's what that Frank conversation referred to. All right, question number three here, also uh, John Schneider related, and this is about judging how you fill your needs through free agency versus the draft. And the Seahawks certainly have needs and they have opportunities to engage in both processes. Here's John Schneider yesterday with Wyman and Bob. Free agency gives you a, a, an early landscape, and so you know you know what the strengths of, of free agency look like, you know what the draft looks like, you know what possible cap casualties look like from other teams, and then it's it's a matter of, okay, how aggressive are we going to be to try to fix a, a specific area of your team, and knowing that, okay, just there's, there's more numbers at this position than there are at another position, just based on not, not quality of player, just pure uh, numbers. So you have to be able to kind of mix and match and say, okay, well, okay, we want a player at position B, but that's a better player, position B, but there's only so many of these other players at position A. And so we better go, you know, address that right away before we get to position B. I mean, that's essentially the market, right? Trying to figure out supply and demand. And when there's not a lot of supply, demand goes up, even if that's not the most important spot for you. So uh, I think a, an interesting conversation there with John Schneider. All right, that is today's Blue 88. Thank you to both Bump and Stacy and Wyman and Bob for their interviews with Gino and John, respectively, yesterday. I did want to add a little bonus on here. And that is uh, this from Michael Lombardi, who was on with Pat McAfee. And 
<laughs> this is about the Rams. Remember when everyone was jealous of the Rams? It wasn't that long ago. Oh, the Rams are doing everything right. They're going for it and this, that, and the other. Uh, we are now seeing the other side of that. Oh, Matt Stafford's fully available. For Matt Stafford, they're trying to, they would love to trade. They could, they can't do it because he's got 57 million guaranteed. When I say guaranteed, that's for skill and injury. So it doesn't matter if he can't play. The Ram, what are they going to do? They're trying to get out from it. So I don't really want to hear the bull that, oh, we're not trying to trade him. Yes, you are. You've called teams. I know this. And so, like, I don't really care what they say. Like, they all lie about it. I lied about it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, some uh, pretty good honesty there from Lombardi. But, um, I mean, it is interesting. Seven million? Yeah, nobody's going to take that. But they're trying to get out of that. They're trying to get out of Jalen Ramsey. They're trying to get out of Leonard Floyd. They've already cut Bobby Wagner. Like, it's amazing how quickly they've had to turn and burn off all of those big contracts that they gave out. And we kept saying, what, what's the deal? Isn't the salary cap and everything going to affect them? Uh, yeah, now it is. And they're cutting all of their players. And, oh, by the way, they haven't had a lot of picks recently because they've traded all those away. Mm-hmm. So I, it would be interesting to see how the great genius Sean McVay looks in the next couple of years and if this is a significant step back for the Rams. Last year it was injuries, but this year it's going to be a little bit more of their own choosing. So what happens this year with the Rams? Are they going to be the same tough out? They'll get Cooper Cup back, and if Stafford is healthy, obviously that would be an improvement over last year. But it sure sounds like he wants to roll Baker Mayfield. So how about that? That would be pretty fascinating. Remember all the jokes about the who needs them picks? I'm not going to say what it was, but they got their ring. They got their ring. They did. And they were very lucky to get it. Yep. Right. I mean, they kind of stumbled into it with the dropped interception and everything else in the NFC championship game. I wish I could remember who they played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Who was that? Who wasn't able to get it done, even though they had a lead fairly late. Someone I I know went to that Super Bowl. Who was that? I know I knew somebody. I blacked out a couple of those days in my memory. I don't Mm. know what happened. I got a text from somebody who says, Salk, don't worry about not looking better. Otherwise, it would look different compared to Justin and Moore, who are both beautiful. (laughs) How about that? Wow. Both of you guys are beautiful. Nice. I mean, I would have said that about Justin, but Mora, that doesn't even seem quite right. All right. Shannon Dreyer will join so us mean. from Peoria next. It's Brock so and Salk mean. on Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Didn't you have a nice modeling career, Justin? Isn't that you? Yeah, that's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, that tells me.